0: Welcome to the Miles to Memories podcast. I'm Sean Coomer, the founder of Miles to Memories, and your host, Joe, is off this week. Mark is here with me, and we're going to talk a little bit about our new show, the MTM Vegas podcast. It's our new audio podcast, and we hope that you guys will listen. Mark, tell people a little bit about the show.
1: Yeah, so a lot of uh, people know that we've been doing MTM Vegas on the YouTube channel, which is, you know, like a weekly news, 25-minute breakdown of all the hottest stuff going on in Vegas, you know, new casinos, new openings, uh, pr- promotions, that type of thing. So we we always kind of scratched the surface, and we wanted to get into more detail. So we had several uh, viewers say, you know, can, can you guys do a podcast too? So we decided, hey, you know what, let's do a Vegas podcast where we can get really nerdy on stuff. And deep dive into some of the hottest topics and just kind of just BS about Vegas. That's what people like to do. Tell stories, bring on people, get a little more background knowledge, you know, give you some insider tips as we get them and and all that kind of stuff. So super excited about it. Last week's episode was all about Resorts World, so if you're interested in that, definitely check it out. We deep dive the heck out of it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, if you like the kind of the banter on this show and sort of storytelling and fun we decided to bring that sort of aspect to Las Vegas, and that's what the MTM Vegas podcast is. And this week, we're taking the week off from doing the regular Miles to Memories podcast, and in this feed, we're going to bring you our preview of the MTM Vegas podcast. Next week, we'll be back with Joe, myself, and Mark, and we'll have our normal Miles to Memories show. Less Vegas on that show because we'll now have the Vegas podcast. I
1: believe it's it's number 100 next uh, week. It'll be the 100th episode of the... Uh... Miles to Memories podcast so wow, that's pretty cool that's,
0: that's amazing so 100 episodes next week enjoy the MTM Vegas podcast and if you want to subscribe just search MTM Vegas in any podcast app and if you love our content and if you've listened to the Miles to Memories podcast or any of our shows and you want to help us out if you're on Apple Podcasts just consider leaving a review for either show the Miles to Memories podcast or MTM Vegas either way it helps us out tremendously or both or both yes leave it for both yeah both for sure Thanks so much for listening. Enjoy the MTM Vegas podcast. See you next week for episode 100 of the Miles to Memories podcast. Hello and welcome to the MTM Vegas podcast. I'm Sean Coomer, your host, the founder of Miles to Memories, joined by Mark
1: Osterman, our managing editor. How's it going today, Mark? You know, beautiful in Michigan. It feels a little bit like Vegas where it's hot outside, but uh, got to jump in the lake a little bit today, cool off. I'm curious because I know you're coming up to visit next weekend with your family and I'm, I'm curious how your daughter will do with very cold water. (laughs) She's been very pampered with heated pools her whole life, so I I want to see her face. She does not have a heated pool. I like to heat
0: the hot tub. To like 95 degrees, I'm too cheap to heat the the whole pool. So she generally swims in a colder pool. But well, do you then, have one
1: of those hot tubs that like rolls over into the pool so it gets a little bit of the warmth or is it totally separated?
0: No, they, it does roll over into the pool, but you have to run it for quite a while for there to be enough water that flows over in order to affect the temperature of the pool. But I mean, this time of year, it's you know mid-80s, I'd say, for the pool water temperature. The problem is the water evaporates so quickly that you're constantly adding water, and then that just resets the temperature because the water going in is cold, but uh, certainly... Uh, No big big deal there. I did want to mention at the top of the show here, if people are still trying to find the show, depending on where you found it, if you want to subscribe, just search MTM Vegas in any podcast app. Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, we are everywhere. And if you're on Apple Podcasts and you like the show, consider leaving us a review. It really helps us out, especially here at the beginning as we're launching this podcast. And you can, like I said, search MTM Vegas to find it in Apple Podcasts. Leave us a, a review. If it's the rating is good enough, then that's fine. If you want to leave us a written review, even better. We both appreciate that. And you can find everything related to our Vegas content, the YouTube channel, the video shows, the audio podcast at mtmvegas.com. Just wanted to make sure to get that out there for everybody. We really appreciate it. Our first episode doing the whole deep dive on Resorts World, it was a pretty well received. Decent amount of people listening and giving feedback. And it's been interesting to see the mixed Sort of reviews of resort world, resorts world.
1: I think people kind of fall in line with us where the casino area that everybody pretty much likes that the open to everybody areas it, were well received. I think for the most part from everything I saw, I do have to say Alicia agreed with me on the Hawker Center was just a strip strip mall food court. But um, I still believe that neither one of them actually. I don't think that she actually had visited <laughs> yet. I have a hard time losing to to,
0: to people. I do, although Alicia is usually spot on in her observation. So that is a that is a benefit to you, but I'll wait till she actually sees it to see.
1: I thought from reading it, I, f- I felt like she had been there, but maybe not. So I think all that was well-received. I think the hotel is the issue that people have because it just, like, we we talked about it a lot last week, but it just doesn't have a soul. It doesn't feel like Vegas at all. You could drop that anywhere and it's just a c- conference hotel. Nice, nothing wrong with it. The finishes are fine and everything. It just doesn't feel like anything. It just feels boring and bland, which is not Vegas. Vegas is over the top and everything. And you expect that in your rooms and you don't have any theming, nothing, not even like a piece of art that shows old school Vegas or Vegas at all. If I drop, if I blindfolded somebody and dropped them into either one of those rooms, nobody would be able to guess that they're in Vegas. I don't think.
0: No, I mean, that is absolutely true. And that's been a complaint. Some people have had about Vegas hotel rooms recently anyway, as they've renovated them and sort of uh, in many ways been generic Uh, We talked on the video show, you know, Luxor getting uh, the old Bellagio furniture. And Bellagio has its renovations, which sort of... Removed a lot of the Italian sort of theming, so it does seem like that's a trend. But I agree, the the Hilton and Conrad rooms are generic, and we talked a lot about that last week. If people want to hear our complete thoughts on that, but uh certainly did feel a little bit less Vegas on the on the hotel side. The other thing we talked about was that hundred and fifty dollar trick, and unfortunately, that's gone. The bonus has already ended. It, didn't, it did it only lasted did. about a week. I ex-
1: I didn't even know that it you was going to last. A you week. get ten bucks now, right? Apparently, I think I think you get like ten dollars or whatever. Yeah, as soon as it went out on Twitter and I think a a popular Vegas uh, Twitter account shared, I can't remember who it was. But as soon as it went wide on that, you know, in the miles and points world, we always talk about, you know, people killing deals, sharing things too big. You know, like the Southwest train change trick was around for over a year and it went big on TikTok and now it's it's way harder to use or to, to figure out when it when it works and all that. So that kind of happened. I was shocked after it went out because it went out like the first or second day. And I was shocked that it made it a whole week because it was $150 in free money. You didn't have to play through anything. You could go right to the cashier and cash out. And that's that's what I ended up doing because their system is such garbage right now that they don't know what they're doing and how to how to make it work at the tables. And you tried it at the slot machines. You couldn't get it to work. So you kind of like force people. I ended up gambling with the money. Like I went back to the table and, and bought in with cash. So technically, you know, it looks like people are cashing out, but a lot of people probably didn't, but that's kind of on them. And with having a system like this, like a cashless system with, you know, an app and everything, they should be able to code that in where you can't withdraw the $150. You have to gamble it on slots or whatever, or they could have linked it to the player's card. So there was ways around it that they could have made this last longer and and beneficial to both parties. But hey, I was happy to get the $150 free.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's kind of on one level. When do casinos ever give away so much free money to everybody? So I kind of like was surprised that the promotion ever existed. Although you talk a lot about, you know, privately. It wasn't talked, even
1: really a promotion.
0: Yeah. Well, we've talked about, no, but <laughs> like draftings weird. And stuff, all of these betting apps, and that's what they've been doing to attract people. So it's interesting to see that a new casino sort of took that approach.
1: Yeah, the sports betting apps have been like crazy with stuff like this. And they do daily missions and bonus offers like gamble $10, get $5. So they do all these types of things. And I think that's because, you know, they're missing that atmosphere being at a casino. You're not gambling with other people. So they have to make up with, for that with promos versus a casino. is It is kind of surprising because once you're there, they already got you. Since they didn't publicize it, it wasn't like... They're trying to draw people in or anything like that. It was just kind of a weird setup. They never really launched it. It wasn't in the app. It wasn't explained. I'm guessing somebody just happened to, to put a thousand bucks and was like, whoa, what's this? And then it grew from there because there's no advertisement of it, which I thought was weird as well. Yeah. I mean, it's certainly a
0: promotion that they're going to learn from. Thanks to Viva Lost Value on Twitter for letting us know that it ended because I had given him the advice to go over there. He was on a losing streak. I said, well, go over, get your $150 from Resorts World. And uh, he went over and confirmed that it had just ended and that it's down to $10. So it's just a good reminder. And we talk about this a lot. So his his cold streak killed it, basically. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Blame him for, uh, for, for doing that. Hopefully he turned around his... Uh, his luck, but not with the help of the of resorts world. But this is just a reminder in like the miles and points game, we talk about these deals all of the time. And when there is a good deal, you know, you always are at a race against the clock, right? These things do end. And I think it was actually Graham Stefan, which is a giant YouTube channel, not necessarily a Vegas channel, is the one who uh, certainly tweeted out the $150 thing, which is what sort of gave us, I think, the freedom to talk about it because we weren't going to put it out there publicly until you know, we could confirm everything. And by the time we were able to confirm everything, when we stayed there, it was already out on Twitter and everything. So it it wasn't even a question of, should we share it? It was just a question of getting the information out there quick enough. And hopefully the people out there were able to get it, at least a few people before it ended.
1: Yeah, and I know uh, we were there with some friends, uh, Rick and Ian, uh, Ian who writes for the Miles to Memory site, and Rick who uh, writes for Travel on Points. And they both tried it, and they struggled with it, you know, different reasons. One, the address didn't match up because they had just moved or something, and the other one just was glitchy. So they were there. They tried to do it. They tried to load it, and they just couldn't get it to work. So I'm sure that happened to some people, too, where they were frustrated that they were trying to get this $150. And, you know, technology, it's great until it doesn't work. Yeah. And there's been other complaints, of course, about the kiosks that they're using in the food court
0: and everything else. I mean, on one hand, I sort of understand the complaints about that. But then I also think when I go to Costco now, the food court has a kiosk that you order at. You don't go to the counter anymore. And so I feel but it like, works. No, I agree. So they kind of messed up uh, on that and, and they'll figure that out. Just like I'm sure Costco put one in one store and then figured out how to make it work. Uh, Resorts World will will figure that out. But the kiosks, I don't think that they're a bad thing. I just think that they need to make them work and certainly that's the future of pretty much all places to get food you know food courts fast food mcdonald's has kiosks everything else
1: i do hate kiosks for check-in which we talked about on the mtm vegas youtube when i stayed at link you lose the personal touch when you first go to a a hotel and you check in like that's the first person you meet from that company and usually that kind of dictates your stay if they're really over the top nice and welcoming and you know maybe they offer you something that you weren't expecting that kind of sets the tone for your stay and if that check-in is really terrible, the experience is bad. Then that sets the tone that way. You, you know, you're thinking, "Oh, this place is going to be rough." So you kind of miss out on that. I guess if you have bad check-in people, it's a good thing. But if you have good check-in people, you're losing you're losing that. So that's something that I think kiosks will take away from. And I did try. I don't know if I talked about this last week or not, but I tried to do the online check-in through the Hilton Honors app, where you select your room and everything. And we were showing up at like 7 p.m. and I checked in and my room still wasn't ready. So I had to go get in the line anyways. I was hoping to avoid it because you can use your phone as your key and everything. If you do it through the Hilton Honors app, they have the keyless entry. I even tried to use the technology there and 7 p.m. They still didn't have a room clean, which I find strange. If somebody checks in and selects that room, you think you would go to that room earlier versus later, but maybe they don't have that technology yet. So I still went to the desk and... They set me up with a room, which wasn't a big deal. It was, there was no line or anything, but you know, that's where I go back and forth too. If you're going to get an upgrade, if you check in on the app, you're probably not going to get upgraded, but you do get to pick your room where you can pick what floor and maybe, you know, what view you want. So there's plus and minuses with it. I don't know which way, which way do you lean when you go check in a hotel? I prefer to go to the desk and usually I have pretty realistic expectations of what I'm going to get.
0: So um, like last year, year and a half, I've probably stayed in, I don't know, 20, 25 Vegas hotels a lot of them. And my kind of go-to move has just been to go to the front desk and ask for a nice view because generally I either have, you know, M life gold status, which is a little bit of something. And I have Caesars diamond, or I usually have some sort of status. Generally, I'm given that upgrade, at least the upgraded view without being charged or anything like that. Um, So I think I like to do that if you certainly if you want an upgrade and you want to use the $20 trick or something like that you got to do it but I do prefer that now like at Luxor when I checked in and I and I talked about this on the channel I did the app check-in and that worked pretty great but I didn't get a great location or a great view and I didn't really care about that but the line to kind of check in at Luxor was about an hour long and I just walked right to my
1: room yeah crazy yeah so I feel like on one (laughs) level that's a good go ahead I was going to say, I think that's a good good way to gauge it. Like, if you walk in and you see a line, then go go to a kiosk or go on the app and, and try to check in that way. Or if you're just staying one night or you know you're going to be out all the time you don't care, that's a good way to do it. But some of these Vegas hotels, especially right now, when you go to check in, it could be, you know, snake you three, <laughs> you know, 30 people uh, deep, 100 people deep. It can be crazy. And that's one thing that I like about Resorts World, and you've mentioned it, having three different check-ins for each hotel where... If you go to like Caesars or something, you know, they have like two, three, four towers, but everybody checks in at the same place unless you have status. So everybody's funneling into this big line and you're waiting where you go to Conrad, you go to Hilton, you go to uh, Crockford's, you have a different check in spot for each one. So that's kind of nice. That's one reason I said you might want to pay for the upgrade to uh, Nobu at Caesars because you have a private check in you can avoid that line. Crockford's, <laughs> maybe ele- it plays the same way. I love Nobu's checking in, in the, the elevator, elevator bank. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's still when I walked in and this was uh during the the you know peak of the uh pandemic and there was still 50 60 people and I went over there and there's nobody in line. So I like that. I don't know what that's worth to you, but that might be a reason to, to book the Conrad instead of uh, Hilton because you might have a less of a line or quicker to get through people. So if it's only 20, 30, 40 bucks, you might be like, Hey, this, this looks better. So something to consider for sure.
0: Yeah. As far as like waiting in line too, if you're visiting during a busier period of time, expect that any sort of alteration you make to the room that you reserved, you're going to get charged for. So even less to gain, I think by waiting in line when it's busy, cause you're probably going to get the room that you booked um, if you didn't book a view, you're probably not going to get a view. And if you're trying to get an upgrade, they're going to charge you for it because that's really what they're all about in Vegas. So uh, yeah, I think it's—I think to your point, it's just about balancing sort of all the information you have when deciding it. But if I can walk up to a front desk and it's not going to be a huge weight, I almost always would prefer to do that and uh, be able to smile at them, ask them how their day is. And usually I can get a nice view or something, you know, a little bit a nicer, as long as my expectations are, are managed there. So, um, that's sort of my strategy these days.
1: I feel like one thing you could do is check in, in the app and then still go, if there is no line, still go up there and be like, Hey, I checked in the app. This is the room I was assigned, but is there one with a better view and stuff? And they can usually move it around. So maybe that's the way to do it. Like yeah, hedge your bet a bit. So a get it ready rolling.
0: Yeah. And in the comments, I know on one of our earlier videos, people did say that they've done that so that they check in the app they get a really <clears throat> bad room. And then they've asked to move and and they've generally been accommodated. So that you're, to your point, that's a, that's a good strategy, I think, for sure. Let's talk about, we talked about Resorts World, I think, enough. But a lot of people have been asking, like, what's next for Las Vegas? What is the next big resort? Where can they develop new resorts? What exactly is going to happen? And I thought it'd be fun to talk a little bit just about the area around Resorts World. Because I do believe that that's the kind of hot new area of the Strip. Uh, of course, it's funny because back in the like '60s, '70s, that was the hot area of the Strip with places like Stardust and Riviera and Sands and Sahara and stuff like that. But let's not forget Frontier and El Rancho, two all, all kind of properties that are all gone now.
1: If you want to see those signs, go on, Go to the Neon Museum, yeah, which is down by Fremont Street because they have a lot of those signs out and they and do the Dust Tour where you. You you start during the day and it gets a little night, uh, a little darker out and they light it up and everything. It's really cool. I didn't think I'd enjoy it because I don't normally enjoy stuff like that. But if you're a history buff, you definitely would enjoy it because they they give you a guided tour and they tell you what's going on and where it came from and a lot of the history. So I went because a buddy really wanted to go. And then I end up really having a great time. I even walked there from Fremont Street, which freaks some people out. So maybe maybe don't do that, but (laughs) but it is worth uh, the price of entry for sure.
0: All right, so let's talk about the areas around Resorts World and start with Fountain Blue, which is obviously the big behemoth that everybody looks at. It's that
1: giant blue glass tower that sits across from... <laughs> it looks... <laughs> it's got like sandblasted all over it. It looks like it's from a dystopian era <laughs> movie when you, when you look at it, because there's so much sand and dust everywhere. Yeah, I mean,
0: it, they put billions of dollars into building the thing, and they still say it's well over a billion dollars away from being... Finished, And for people who don't know, Fountain Blue was a project. Uh, Fountain Blue is a very historic sort of famous resort down on Miami Beach. And they were going to build this West Coast version of it in the mid 2000s. And then of course, the Great Recession happens, the economic downturn, and the property sort of stops building. And I talked uh, recently in one of our shows about how all the furniture from Fountain Blue went into the plaza when they redeveloped their rooms following the the Great Recession. And so that's sort of what happened there. And it just sort of sat there for a long time. Famed billionaire Carl Icahn bought it for a few hundred million dollars, so at a nice discount. And then he sat on it for quite a few years until it sold a few years ago to a developer who is going to partner with Marriott to develop the Drew.
1: Yeah, I'm kind of surprised that this wasn't, you know, featured a little bit sooner or put on the list a little bit sooner because there is a lot of it done. When you look at the building, like the the tall tower is, the exterior is pretty complete. I don't know what it's looking like inside, but they had ordered furniture, they had furniture in there, so that tells you that they were pretty far along, uh, along with it. And they spent a billion dollars. They're saying to finish it, but Resorts World just spent four billion plus to do their whole thing. So you could kind of get it somewhat at a discount and have a new hot place in Vegas. And it's at the part of the strip that's really going to be booming soon. So I am a little surprised they didn't get it going a little bit sooner. Um, That's not already rolling and that type of thing, just because of everything's kind of lined up for you a little bit. Yeah. So it got bought
0: by sort of the the developer of the Drew and uh, Marriott and it just sat there for years until last year when it got repurchased by Coke, basically Coke Industries, and one of the original Fountain Blue developers. So there's actually a good chance that this actually could open as Fountain Blue, that the original Vision may actually uh, come to uh, pass. So that's sort of where where that project is right now. It has just been purchased in the last year by another set of owners and Uh, This time with some deep pockets, so hopefully it will go forward. I think it has a good chance because Resorts World is now open, and it's basically Kitty Corner to Resorts World. The new expansion to the convention center is right next door to Fountain Blue, so I do feel like that project probably, out of everything in that area, has the greatest chance of opening in the next five years or so.
1: That kind of sounds like you know Rio's getting redeveloped. It was recently purchased, and they're going to kind of redo everything. And they have a new theme idea for the Rio. They're they're going to keep the name and everything, but kind of make it more of a modern theme. And the guy that's uh, the construction company that's hired is the, the guy that originally built it. So, you know, you look at Fountain Blue, where the original guy is involved in, in this, and then you look at that. And I think that's kind of cool that they both kind of are brought back into what they started. Absolutely. And so let's look at the next sort of area of
0: the strip, and that is right next to the Sahara, and that's this plot of land that used to be home to the Wet and Wild water park. Don't do it. <laughs> 27 <laughs> acres
1: on the Strip. <laughs> it's like, how many times has the Sahara opened and closed in the last 15 years? I don't know why anybody would build next to it. Okay, but go on. Go on.
0: <laughs> well, so this is land that was very vibrant as uh, Wet and Wild for a long time, and then the owners decided they were going to develop a resort in mid-2000s, And that was basically, for people who weren't around Las Vegas then, leading up to the Great Recession 2008-2009 crash, Las Vegas was booming like crazy with all these high-rise developments. And things like City Center did get built. Cosmo was kind of came out of that. But a lot of these projects didn't. And then there was tons of projects that were sort of approved and the financing fell through. And this is one of them. So Wet n' Wild was evicted, torn out. Uh, And then the project that was supposed to be built there never got built. And it's basically a hole in the ground now. Now, a few years ago, uh, Jackie Robinson, who's a former UNLV uh, student and an NBA player uh, who lives in Vegas, decided he was going to partner with some people. And they announced the All Net Resort and Arena for that stage. And this is before T-Mobile Arena existed. This is before we got Allegiant Stadium and everything else. To this day, as recently as a few months ago, Jackie Robinson still says this project is going forward another arena in Vegas. Uh, He says they're going to bring an NBA team there, but we know that the NBA teams are going to most likely go to the the T-Mobile arena. And I don't know how that project happens, but that's the latest on that piece of land. Although certainly there's enough land there at 27 acres to build a casino if that ever came to pass.
1: I just don't see it. Like I said, Sahara has changed hands, open and closed so many times in the last 15 years. And, uh, you know, I had a buddy just go there for what, what's the really popular restaurant that's actually moving out of there. Bizarre meat. Yeah. So he just went to bizarre meat and he said, you know, I walked through there and there was nobody there besides for the restaurant. And that's kind of, you know, we talked about Virgin last week. We went to the the one Mexican restaurant that was really popular and busy, but the casino was pretty much dead. So uh, Sahara, everybody says it's beautiful. I know you've been there and said it. it looked, they did really nice job remodeling it and everything, but. You're just not drawing people. Now they're thinking the strip is pushing out that way. Maybe eventually we'll get there, but how long can they hold on? So I don't know. I don't, I don't see that one happening. Um, now was wet and wild, like really popular. I never actually got to go to it, but nineties Vegas was very family oriented, which is kind of weird to think about. And you know, circus circus is right there. So I'd imagine it was probably a popular spot.
0: Yeah, I think it, it was definitely a popular spot and I Kind of disagree with you. I think Sahara is doing fine these days. It's definitely not doing as well as Flamingo on the Center Strip, but the big challenge I think is we talk time and time again on our shows about how Caesar's Entertainment, the new management there, the El Dorado management, if you will, has cut back the program. I just see that all of those Center Strip properties as declining. And I feel like the northern end of the Strip, as people start to experience things like Resorts World and even the remodels at Strat, Uh, you want to talk on either this show or on a future show, we're going to talk about sort of the the arts district and the redevelopment of downtown. And I just feel like this land will all be developed in the next 10 or 15 years uh, into new resorts or new tourist sort of things. But do I feel like that land where Wet n' Wild was is going to turn into an arena I do not. And the next thing, who knows what's going to happen. It might stick where it's kind of being used for now. And that's the Las Vegas Festival Grounds, which sit next to Circus Circus right across from the Sahara. That's uh, quite a big piece of land. And uh, it was owned by MGM for a long time. They sold it to Phil Ruffin when they sold Circus Circus. A lot of music festivals there, things like that. But it's another big open piece of land. I wouldn't expect anything to happen uh, there anytime soon. And then the other one I wanted to talk about, Mark, and I know you'll have an opinion on this, is Win West. And that's the land directly to the south of Resorts World. And Win West is land where the frontier used to sit on the front uh, strip frontage of that. And Wynn has said for now their plans are completely shelved, so they're not going to build Win West. They can still sell it. My guess is that uh, besides Fountain Blue, that's probably the next place we'll see something built on the north end of the strip.
1: Yeah, it was pretty sad when they kind of killed that whole, the wind expansion with the lake and all, you know, I was excited. It's so crazy. It's so Vegas to have a huge lake right on the strip that you can rent like a, a jet ski and ride right around while you're looking at the strip lights, I think would be so cool. And when you've said many times is your favorite hotel in Vegas. So I definitely have to book a room there. I've never actually stayed there. I've been on property a few times, but never spent the night. So I need to experience it for sure. And, uh, you know, anything expansion of that in an expansion of that is good for Vegas because it is a favorite of so many people. So I look forward to that. And I guess we should probably throw Resorts World in there since they're they're expanding as well. <laughs> basically built the towers and they're like, all right, we're adding more and more and more. Yeah, it's a great point. And I didn't want to finish with that because before any
0: of those other projects probably open, we're likely to see more of Resorts World open uh, as they're basically never going to stop construction. They're just going to keep building uh, to their next phase. And that should be uh, more hotel towers, more interesting things. And to your point, maybe... Something more unique in a hotel setting, you know, maybe something more Vegas. They maybe better. Maybe they'll learn, they'll learn stuff from opening this, you know, and the next phase will be. Listen something to this a podcast. Your hotel kind of <laughs> sucks. Make it cool. <laughs> nah, I mean, it, but it doesn't suck. Like, if you think about the average person, we stay in too many hotels. That's the problem. Yes, it's not, it doesn't have a lot of character. It's a very average sort of Hilton or maybe above average Hilton, below average Conrad, but a very average sort of hotel experience. And for a lot of people, that's probably good. And I don't know that, you know, I I don't know that everybody wants a themed room. I,
1: uh, yeah, I guess, I guess, uh, you know, are they aimed at the business traveler? Is that kind of like what they're, they're planning on and convention centers right down the road. So I think that will be a big draw whenever conventions come back. But for the tourist person, I don't think they're going to, I think tourists usually want something that's kind of out of the ordinary. When you come to Vegas, you don't go to Vegas to get run of the mill, Cookie cutter hotel. So I guess it depends on what they're shooting for. Maybe this is maybe this is their business section hotel and the next towers are gonna be more tourist attraction type of places. I don't know. Be interesting.
0: I mean, I I do think that we are at a time where all of the hotel rooms in Las Vegas are nicer than they've ever been. Like if you go to, to you stayed at Link a few months ago, if you go to look at that room compared to what the room looked like before it was renovated, the Imperial Palace rooms or, yeah, Imperial I mean,
1: Palace. If you like uh, <laughs> this food that gets you sick, that's where you went. <laughs> I
0: mean, but that was just a terrible product, and there were so many terrible hotel products, even old Caesars Palace rooms, and just by today's standards, some really, really terrible products. So I I don't think Resorts World is that. I mean, it's a, it's a good product. It's a modern product. It's just not special uh, in any way, and so I, I totally agree with you on there. I just want to sort of make sure people understand that uh, it's not a bad hotel. <laughs> You know, it's not Imperial Palaces Rooms from uh, the 1990s and early 2000s. <laughs> it's not Circus Circus, but it is right next door. <laughs> yeah, and it's definitely a big step up over Circus Circus. Um, I also wanted to to talk about some Vegas hacks, because we're, you know, on Miles to Memories, we talk about travel hacks and travel rewards, all of those sorts of things. And that's really important to us in finding deals and cutting our costs down on travel, whether it's flying or hotels. We use points and miles and all of that and vegas has become one of the most expensive places to visit not only because of the hotel rates and losing money in the casinos and eating in the restaurants but because of all the fees resorts fees parking all of that sort of stuff and there are a few strategies that we use and we do have articles on the website how to avoid resort fees how to avoid parking fees in vegas they're all updated for 2021 so i thought it would be good to sort of highlight this stuff but let's start with uh our top Vegas hacks. I mean, parking, right? That's a huge fee that a few years ago you never had to deal with in Las Vegas. And thankfully, for a little bit during the pandemic, it went away. But it's coming back uh, pretty much everywhere. And even Resorts World, even though they're not charging right now, they have all of the gates and the you know and the machines and everything for paid parking. And it's pretty easy to avoid parking fees, right? In Vegas, they make it fairly easy to get status and stuff to to avoid it.
1: Yeah, it depends on which uh, system you're with. If it's M Life, Caesars, that type of thing, so we can run through, run through them. M um, Life, if you get their, you know, just their lower tier status, and you get free parking, which you can get with the M Life credit card. But we always say that's not a great card. It comes with like hundred and fifty dollar sign up bonus usually, and the earning is trapped to M Life. So and the rates aren't that great. And we always say, you know, get the world of Hyatt credit card. Instead, it's a $95 annual fee. And then you can status match from Hyatt to M life. You'll get the same Pearl level status, which will get you the free parking, but you also are earning very valuable Hyatt points. The signup bonus is usually in the 50 to 60,000 point range, which will get you, you know, four or five nights on the Vegas strip if you use points that way. But you can also stay anywhere. There's a Hyatt hotel, which is impressive, and then if you spend fifteen thousand dollars on that credit card, you get a free night cert that works at a category one to four hotel, which is usually worth in the range of two to three hundred dollars, and that's on top of the points you're already earning on that spend. You know, two times at restaurants, three times at Hyatt, stuff like that. So it's a much better card, and you're paying a small annual fee, but it gets you free parking. If you if you're paying for parking at M Life now, you know one trip will pay for that card for a year, and then you get all the other stuff w- along with it. Yeah, one other way to get Pearl Status, too, that some people
0: have commented on and let us know is that military, so active duty or retired military, if you go to an MLife desk and show them your ID, uh, they'll upgrade you to Pearl Status as well, which gets you free parking at Hyatt. So that's free parking at MLife Resorts.
1: Uh, something else that's a little bit off topic, but in the same vein is if you are active military or a veteran, a lot of credit card companies will give waive the annual fees. So that's something to check out. American Express is big for this, even like their platinum card that is now up to $695 a year, active military or veterans will get that fee waived and you still get to take uh, all the perks. So, you know, there's like a thousand dollars worth of perks you can get and you're not paying the annual fees. So something to check out if you're active military, active veteran, first of all, thank you for your service. Secondly, make sure you take advantage of everything out there that you can get and credit card annual fees is a big one.
0: Absolutely. For sure. And we should, uh, focus on that we do have i think uh some articles on the website right that talk about credit card benefits and stuff yes, for military
1: specifically about uh american express but i think we do have one that breaks it down which which lenders will give you free credit card waived annual fees
0: all right so yeah i mean so basically if you if you look at between mlife or mgm and and caesars it's fairly easy to to waive your your parking and stuff like that with caesars you can actually take it a step further and get resort fees waived through their diamond status, which you can get a few different ways. And if you're spending any amount of time in Las Vegas, it certainly is something that uh, that you should consider considering the, uh, the savings on the resort fees. So I have diamond status through Founders Card, but I also have it, I could get it through Wyndham. Uh, through their their partnership with Wyndham. Is that, how's that, what's the latest with that? Is that fully back up? Because there was parts of the partnership with Wyndham that weren't necessarily working.
1: Yeah, so it used to be really easy because Wyndham also had their own status match where you could match, you know, Marriott Gold or Hilton Gold, which you can get Hilton Gold with a $95 annual fee card. Marriott Gold comes with a, a several different cards and you can match that to Wyndham Diamond, which then you could match Wyndham Diamond to Caesar's Diamond. So for years and years, it was really easy to get on this train. And then once you're on it, they have an overlap where the Wyndham status ends December 31st in the year. But Caesars has like a little rollover period where it doesn't end until February of the next year. So come January 1st, you still have Caesars Diamond for another month and Wyndham drops off. So you can match Caesars Diamond to Wyndham, Wyndham Diamond. And then on February 1st, you match Wyndham Diamond back to Caesars Diamond. So you basically just play the status match game because they have a weird overlap of a month where you'll keep one status, but not the other. But Wyndham has ended during uh, the pandemic. They ended their status match to other hotel programs. So unless you already have one or the other, you can't really get on that train now. But the one way to get it is uh, the Wyndham rewards earner business card that comes uh, with Wyndham diamond status. So if you sign up for that card, you automatically get the Diamond status, then you can match it to Caesar's, and the annual fee on that one is ninety-five dollars as well. So that's a good way to do it. Comes with the forty-five thousand bonus point offer, and it has a decent earning: eight points on hotels, uh, Wyndham, and gas stations; five points on marketing, advertising, and utility. So decent chance to earn some points. Now the forty-five thousand bonus points is after a thousand dollars in purchases in the first ninety days, which isn't much for anybody that owns a business. And that 45,000 points you can use to book at Wyndham Hotels, or you can actually transfer them over to rewards credits at, at Caesars, and that'll be $450, essentially. Now you have to do it in 10,000-point chunks, and you can only do 30,000 points a year. So $300 this year, and then hopefully you earn some more points, and you can do $200 or whatever the next year. But that's a way to you know get some free food in Vegas or use it towards hotels and stuff as well as getting status to get free parking and wave resorts fees. That was a lot of info. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but that's a better than the Caesars Rewards credit card, right? I mean, much better
0: if you really think yes, about what Yes, getting, 100%. You're getting a better bonus, which you can transfer to Caesars, uh, like you said, uh, with the caveat that there's limits on that. And you're going to get diamond status um, instead of uh, platinum, I think is what they give you with the Caesars Rewards credit card. And I think that you actually, you get it when you sign up and then you have to keep spending on the card in order to keep platinum status uh, with the Caesars Rewards credit card. So that if for a $95 annual fee to be able to get diamond and all those other benefits, it's certainly a better alternative to uh, the Caesars Rewards credit card. And we see the similar thing on the other side with the Hyatt and MLife, right? It's better to get the Hyatt credit card to get the status with MLife compared to the MLife credit card.
1: Yeah, both are, you know, offer way bigger bonuses. I know there's an annual fee versus no annual fee, but if you think about it, that $95 broken out over how much more you make off of the bonus, you have five, six years covered on top of better earning rates, you know, better, better offers, more valuable points. And then with Caesars, you can use that Wyndham Rewards earner business to get diamond status, which will save you on resort fees on top of parking fees, which is huge. If you stay at Caesars properties, you know that's 45 35 $50 a night type of craziness. So right there you're paying for the annual fee if you stay two nights.
0: Yeah, and I did want to talk a little bit about some of the comp offers I had. I we still going to talk about more of the hacks because I wanted to talk about status matches and stuff like that. But I was looking through some of my comp offers and uh, people who are just listening or new, I don't gamble a whole lot, so I kind of take the approach of uh, anytime I get a comp or an offer it's very uh very appreciated. Um, because it doesn't happen very often, Uh, but on MGM, they've been very generous, and I talked on our, our show on YouTube about some of the comps I've had, and I've been able to get some free rooms and some pretty big discounts. On the other side, Caesars Rewards, where I've stayed in the hotels a lot, but haven't gambled a lot, just nothing there, but because I have my diamond status, I still get some pretty good deals, and I was looking sort of to see what rates were the rest of the year, and there are a lot of dates. Here's something I noticed, that Caesars Palace is cheaper than Link, Link actually, the prices, you know, for a long time, it was $10 a night during the week. And now it seems like every night is elevated at the link. And there's some nights at Caesars where I was able to see it for $30 a night, where link was even more expensive. So that was uh, an interesting thing I noticed. Uh, But definitely, if you're thinking about visiting anytime before the end of this year, I'd lock in some dates on hotels just to kind of lock in the rates, keep checking them, because I feel like some hotels, the rates will go down. But Uh, There's still some value to be had there. I got Harrah's for a night for $8, so I can do a review later in the year. So there's still some of those cheap rooms with Caesars, uh, but they're going away pretty quickly.
1: Yeah, I checked mine as well, and I used to get free anywhere, basically anywhere. I gambled uh, quite a bit with Caesars, not as much anymore, but enough that it should get me something. And most weekends, I'm not seeing any comps, or if it is a comp, it's like Rio, during the week. Even like Flamingo sometimes isn't comped or Link, which I thought was very strange. And they're just being really stingy about it. And I, you know, I haven't put the play in like I normally would, but I put enough in that I should get something. So just another nail in the coffin for me for (laughs) as far as Caesars. M-Life, I I see some and I, I have to say I hate M-Life's online system, their search tool. I hate it. I've talked about their BetMGM app here, which is the most popular sports slash casino app in Michigan, but it's like the worst to use. It's user-friendly. User what I like about Caesars, when you're searching, it'll pull up, if you put in dates, it'll pull up like the rate for every hotel, and it'll tell you comp, comp, 20 bucks, 50 bucks, whatever. On MLife, when you search, it says like this offer is available, but it doesn't tell you if you're going to get it for that week. Uh, so you have to click on the actual hotel and then view them, and then it'll pull up like a a monthly calendar of costs and stuff. And then usually that offer doesn't populate any of that month. So you're like, okay, what the heck is this? It's kind of misleading to get you to click. And I just find the whole thing frustrating that it's a lot more work than it needs to be to find where your comps are, what the rates are, unless I'm doing it wrong. It could be user error, but I hate it.
0: Yeah. It's not (laughs) a great system. And you're right. It does say like buy hotel, like what you have. So like there's certain hotels like Vidara right now. I have up to one night comp. But then, if I look through the calendar, there's almost uh, nothing there. And then, if you use the comps, a lot of times it'll still say you have comps, but then it doesn't update uh, as well. So, um, I totally agree with you. It's garbage. A, it's a very, <laughs> it's a very rough system to use. Whereas uh, Caesar's, you can just hit flexible dates, and you can see the whole city and month, one month at a time, and you can go day. I mean, it's really a, a great grid system that they have uh, to be able to do that and uh, kind of compare prices. And see, like, that's how I was able to see that Caesars many nights is cheaper than Link. So something about Link, I wonder if it's just the promenade, new people coming to Vegas so they don't know. They want to be right there in that location. It's a party hotel,
1: man. Yeah, I mean... It, if you haven't puked in the Link pool, you haven't been to Vegas, I guess. Yeah,
0: those uh, <laughs> cabana rooms have to be going for uh, for some serious money, but yeah. I, oh,
1: yeah, I know. I, I love that room, but I couldn't even imagine what it would be like in the summer. Like, that, that's a great shoulder season room, even if... The pool's not open, and you could get it, like, super cheap because the pool's not open. You have that extra outdoor space, so I think it's cool. But in the highlight of uh, peak of summer, I don't know. I It's just, get like, craziness outside of that window. You better be ready to party, I guess. Well,
0: yeah, I think that's why you book it, right? Uh, people pooping in the pool. I mean, at least people watching <laughs> no, would be amazing. I think there.
1: you book it. Because you're like, hey, come on, I have a room right here with a fridge and some drinks. I think that's why people book it. <laughs> yeah, I think you book it to be right out by the pool. I mean, I feel like
0: the Link pool is a whole vibe, and you book that room to, to be part of that vibe. I feel that's why I would do it. But yeah, I mean, Link seems to be popular, and so that, that's one of the hotels that struggled. They were the, one of the last ones to open up seven days a week, and it, it's interesting to see that. And Caesars, I don't know, I think I've never ho- seen Caesars $32 through the entire pandemic. And so that's cheaper than I've seen it. So that's crazy.
1: I think the link is popular for people to stay at because of, uh, you know, the atmosphere it has. And usually I think people assume it's the cheapest. Like they probably don't even look other places. They're just like, oh, the link, that's a quality, cheap place to go. But it ends up being more expensive. I don't think the casino does overly well. I've never really noticed that being packed. I think people just go to be at the promenade or to go to the pool, to go to the bars and stuff. I don't think they gamble as seriously there as they do other places, which I find interesting. So maybe they're trying to, to make it up, make the money up front on the hotel rooms versus trying to get people to gamble.
0: Which is strange because I think the casino there is pretty nice. I think certainly, I, I mean, the rooms yeah, that I like link it. aren't terrible, but. Especially O'Shea's. Yeah. I, lo- I love the O'Shea's area. Yeah, O'Shea's is great and the casino is very modern and nice and there's a, a lot of uh, good stuff there. And I remember when they renovated the casino and left the rooms alone and had those old Imperial palace rooms. They renamed it the quad as their like stopover name, their stopgap name so that they weren't still Imperial palace. And so you had that really nice casino Come hang out.
1: If you're a college
0: kid, <laughs> well, yeah, well, but it was like, you had that really nice casino and it was all renovated. And then you had the same Imperial palace rooms from like the 1980s. Maybe you can tell by this point in the show, I'm pretty scarred from my one stay at Imperial Palace. That's how bad the room was. Like, I'm still scarred to this day, like cigarette burn holes in the sheets, and like it's about as basic a hotel room as I've ever seen. And that was like the product all the way through. All the way through, what a few years ago, it's sort of crazy that it lasted that long. So let's let's talk status matches really quick. So M Life, we talked a little bit about that, about Caesars and status matching to Wyndham. There are other matches we've talked recently on our shows about Win. they've decided to now match many of their competitors status. And I did that. And it's very simple. You just go up there and they have all the information on their website. So uh, you can look up which status matches to where. But if you have status with pretty much any of the major programs in Las Vegas, you can match to win either platinum or black status. So uh, either one of those is good. And I feel like having status at win may eventually be something that I could utilize later. Uh, many years ago on the website, I wrote about how I did a status match for American Airlines. And then I, over the next few years, I matched that to Alaska Airlines and matched it to other places. So that one status that I got, I was able to match for years to other airline statuses. And that's sort of a like a strategy I feel like could happen here. Um, certainly matching to win platinum, that's a status that other people may take uh, down the line at other casinos, uh, considering they're such a kind of high status casino. And Resorts World's also status matching. Only the top tier of other casinos. So like if you're Noir with Life or Seven Stars or you have a top tier status with another Vegas casino like Cosmo or Venetian, they'll match you as well.
1: Yeah, take whatever you can get because you never know how useful it will be. And I mean, Wynn's giving you the dining credit and the spa credit, so that's worth it just to do it for that. But like you said, down the line, you don't know. People, when you go to status match, they don't know what your play is. They just look at your card. So they, a lot of times airlines will ask specifically for like a screenshot of your fly, your flights over the last year and stuff to prove that you actually earn this, not all the time, but some of the time where with casinos as a, if you got that card, it makes you, they they just automatically assume you gamble a lot or know what you're doing. So they give it to you. I mean, wins one of the best names out there in, in gaming. So definitely grab it while you can. I'm, I should have walked across the street when I was there, but I'm stupid. (laughs) You forgot about it. Oh god, I didn't even think (laughs) to to remind you. No, I mean, because I still wasn't sure if it, it extends through next year and my birthday's in May. So would I even get it? And is it worth the effort? Plus, I was only there for, you know, like 36 hours. So I just didn't. There wasn't time for it. But oh, well, next time I'll be back. I'll be back.
0: I mean, the other thing to keep in mind with status matches is there's so many regional casinos and many of them owned by different owners. I know I did a status match down in California a couple years ago where I was supposed to get a free cruise, and then COVID happened, and that's a long story. But uh, certainly the opportunities aren't just in Las Vegas to match. If you can get the status here, you may be able to match it elsewhere. And the better the program, the bigger the program, the bigger the name of the program, the more likely other casinos will match it. So having status at a place like Wynn or MGM or Caesars, that's probably going to be a better shot than having a one-off you know, status at a place like... Sahara, which, you know, the status only matters at a couple properties here in, in Reno.
1: Yeah. And I'll say, we'll put it in the show notes. I did a couple years ago, I went to Atlantic city. So anybody that's on the East coast or goes to Atlantic city, there was a ton of status match opportunities there. Even, you know, usually M life doesn't let you status match to M life, but at Borgata in Atlantic city, they were doing that. And they gave you like a hundred dollars in free play. You got to go to the lounge and have free breakfast and stuff. And they did it at hard rock and ocean and all that stuff so me and my wife went there to atlantic city specifically just to do uh, status matches and i wrote it all down what i ended up getting and we ended up making you know three four hundred dollars off the trip just from doing these matches and playing the free play so yeah there's a lot of money to be made out there through status matches and just signing up for a player's card any place you go like ellis island you sign up and you'll get the eight or nine dollar steak dinner and stuff like that like free play and so go out there Sign up for the cards, match where you can, and that will greatly reduce the cost of your trip. Like I said, Atlantic City basically paid us to go there, so it was pretty cool. All right,
0: so let's move towards the end here, and I don't know. We've we've talked about wanting to tell stories. I know you have so many stories you want to tell, so let's uh, let's have story time with Mark. Tell us a good Vegas story that... <laughs> i'm putting you on the spot here too
1: do you think do you, well I've gotta go I know, to the battery battery story. Story. Yeah, I know you're going to, go yeah, to the battery the story i know you're gonna go yeah the the very fir- okay so the very first time i met sean i told him this story this was like we met uh the miles to memories team and this was the story i told so that tells you how um all right so just
0: uh just an editorial <laughs> note here uh joe is that we don't want an explicit rating on the podcast so we have to try to keep this from any anything explicit i uh, will
1: I will. I will use uh, proper words for it. I won't. Uh, okay. I'll, 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 I'll dance around and it. And if a bit, anything but... slips out, Joe, please edit it out. You know, make sure. Get... <laughs> All right, go for it. But this story just goes to show you how open I am. But okay, so uh, and this is something I want to talk about, uh, to Travel Fanboy. Uh, he was on our live stream, twenty K live stream, and we want to bring guests on the podcast. So when he comes on, I want to talk about solo trips to Vegas because it's something he shared on Twitter. And I, I think it's really interesting. A lot of people love solo trips to Vegas. So I ended up taking one uh, mainly because Caesars was off- offering a $500 Home Depot gift card if he showed up. And by using miles and points in a comp room, it was going to cost me, you know, $11 and 20 cents to fly to Vegas, stay for a couple nights and get this $500 gift card. And we were going to be doing a new carpet in the house. So I'm like, hey, basically, I'm getting paid to, you know, a discount on my carpet. I'll go. So I fly out for the weekend, stay a couple nights, and I'm at the bar just chatting. I end up going to the bar, the Flamingo, across from the sports book. Usually, like once a trip, just to kind of hang out there. I, uh, there's a bartender there named Greg, who's awesome, and I always talk to and chat up. So I'm sitting there ch- talking to Greg and having a good old time. And a couple comes up and sits next to me, and I strike up a conversation with them. As I do, right, Sean? I, you know, just talk to yeah. Random. I mean, there are. At, it, this at, is true.
0: Like. <laughs> Sometimes you'll just be sitting there and uh random random people will just start uh messing with you or talking to you or, or stuff like that.
1: <laughs> yeah, it happened at Resorts World out at the bar. Like the guy that hadn't slept all night comes over. I like a I, I have like this aura of me of like the crazy people that want to talk to people come up to me, whatever it is. But uh so I'm sitting there and I'm I'm chatting with them and they seem really nice and I have diamond status and I never really use the show. I've you know, I said last week I I don't do shows all that often besides like the Rev, which sadly is Rest in peace, Lurev. I love you, but um, so I'm like, hey, I got these free show tickets. You guys, couple, I can go here and get you the two show tickets. So I just have to walk up to the diamond desk, get them, and then give it. They don't check it once the person's going into the show. So that was a cool thing to do, and. She's like, "Oh, this is amazing." Her husband's like, "Oh, thanks so much." And then we keep talking, and the husband like goes upstairs to take a day nap because he's been drinking too much or whatever it be. And we're all just sitting there BSing and having drinks. And she's like, "I need to, I need to buy you something for these tickets. This is this like a hundred dollars in tickets." I'm like, "It didn't didn't cost me anything. I mean, it did from gambling, but (laughs) (laughs) but today it didn't cost me anything. Don't worry about it." And she's like, "Well, let me buy you a drink." You know, I said, "I'm gambling. You know, if I gamble, I I get free drinks. Don't worry about it." Like you don't have to buy me anything. She's like, there has to be something that you need. So what comes to my mind, Sean? What's the first obvious thing that you, you say you need? Well, let's see. So the husband's taking his Vegas day nap and uh, yes, you got him free tickets. Um, I don't know, like uh, maybe some lunch. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, okay, so on the flight over, uh, my headphone batteries died and I didn't have any spare batteries. So I'm like, you know what? You can buy me some AA batteries thinking it'll be very cheap and easy to find i just love that you like like, (laughs) that she says anything and that you come up with double a batteries like (laughs) like that that just the motivation that's the thing i needed that's uh, that's my pain point i needed that pain point corrected so that's what i go with i go with batteries like i don't want to sit down and have a meal or anything with somebody like having drinks and and shooting the breeze is one thing but sitting down having a meal like we're getting into weird territory we ended up in weird, weird territory, because, anyways. Because but, it's Vegas, right? I mean, you, 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 <laughs> you,
0: yeah, I mean, I, knowing where this story goes, but, uh, yeah, I mean, so you, where did, was their vibe? Were they a little freaky or they just nice people? Or, no,
1: know? no, they're just nice. They're Midwest folk. So, you know how our Midwesterns oh, yeah. are. We like, we like to, you know, be nice and, and we like to repay people for kindness. So, we go to, you know, if you go, if you've ever been to Flamingo, you go down the shopping corridor where there's, the gift shop on the left and like the candy store on the right and stuff. So we go to the first couple stores and do you guys sell batteries? And for some reason, the gift shops do not sell batteries. And we're like, what the heck? So we try like two or three stores, nothing. And you know where this is going. If you've been to the flamingo, it's going to where the legs go over the, uh, the entryway to the, (laughs) to the store. I forget the name of the store, but it's women's legs because it's, you know, a, a fun shop, I guess we'll say we'll, we'll, We'll this keep is it inside clean, of the frame right? Is it still there? I don't know this. I mean, you described time,
0: this, but I, 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 still, I don't think it's still there.
1: I, it was the last time I walked through. Okay. Um, so, so I don't want to Google on air, but anyways, it was years ago, a couple of years ago, I saw it again, but yes, it was, you know, a, a toy shop. We'll say that a toy shop for adults. And it, you know, it has the, the legs kind of like patch Adam's where you walk in the door between the legs almost if you've seen that movie. So, we go there thinking, okay, this place definitely has batteries. And when you think of the the stuff they're selling, and they did. We're like, "Hey, do you guys sell uh AA batteries?" And the chick just rolls open this massive drawer of batteries. <laughs> she's like, "Oh yeah, we got batteries." And she opens <laughs> up and it's like a it's like a huge like dresser drawer full of AA batteries. So anyway, she's like, "Oh, how much are they?" And she's like, "8 bucks or whatever." And the girl's like, "That's not enough. These are like hundred dollar, hundred fifty dollar tickets. I'm gonna get you something else." Oh, me and my husband, right, love these. She throws two of these things on the counter, and I'm like, "I really don't. I don't need that. I don't." And it's, uh, <laughs> like, it's I, a I, ring that goes around, oh uh, that God. goes around a. a men's so she was propo- <laughs> a she proposed to you, right? There apparatus. About, oh, wait, her husband was upstairs <laughs> taking a nap, and she proposed yeah. to you. And then during this, I'm like, "Where's your husband?" As we're walk- and then he calls her, texts her, and she's like, "He's like, where are you guys?" And she's like, "Oh, we're in the." you know, the, the leg shop and I'm buying him something. And I was like, for the tickets, I'm like, Oh no, I'm going to get beat up. He's going to come down and start like wailing on me or something. This is so awkward at this point. I just want the batteries and going, but she forced buys these things, you know, these rings that come with a little bit of battery, a small battery as well. So use your imagination there. So that, uh, you know, I get my batteries and those two things, I felt bad. I'm not going to like throw them away in front of her or whatever. And for some reason, I go back to my hotel room and I just put it in my bag. And I don't know why I didn't throw it away, but they end up in my suitcase. <laughs> so I fly home the next day and I'm going through TSA. And of course, you know that my bag gets sent to the right when it's coming down the belt to get searched. <laughs> <laughs> So this reminds me of all the movies where, you know, a friend packs something in there uh, into a man's suitcase as a joke. And I'm like, oh, great. They're going to pull these rings out and hold them up and be like, what's this? That's what they're searching for. So I just know that this is where this is going. And I'm like sweating like a beast. I'm like, this is so embarrassing. I don't know why I didn't throw these things away. And uh, come to find out, they just pulled out the I was randomly selected for them to pull out my tablet and swab it to check for any residue or whatever so that's what happened i i skated by you know embarrassment uh avoided but oh they this saw is the story the I told. they just did you a favor and didn't pull it out <laughs> they were just doing you a favor my buddy once bought a corkscrew uh you know with uh from brussels with uh man piss or what mannequin piss how do you say it what is it? Yeah, that? mannequin piss mannequin piss and the corkscrew is the pee coming out of the thing so they pulled that out and security was like what's this Oh, it's a wine corkscrew, and they just went, ha, 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 and then put it back. <laughs> well, I hate so um, I hate to be
0: the bearer of bad yeah. news, but the store did close uh, January of 2018. So, um, oh man, so Go we got just, this story is, The story wouldn't name of the, cl- the store. Go sexy. <laughs> the st- the
1: store wouldn't. The store. The story wouldn't have happened without it. So rest in peace. Uh, I'm sure another thing popped up similar or something. I don't know, but. Did you see the picture of the legs, though? Isn't it kind of funny? Yeah. The hat tip to Vital Vegas, who has the article about it closing and has
0: the, uh, okay. the legs. I do remember that when I see the picture of it, I do remember. it. And I think when you told me that story initially, it was still open. I want to remember. But anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah,
1: it was like it was recent, like it was like six months before. I think we all met up like early 18, end of 17, something like that. So, yeah. <laughs> what, little <laughs> so did you know story, that. They- that's hey. Sha- Sean, nice to meet you. I got a great story for you guys. <laughs> I, like
0: I said, I thought that she was proposing to him when he said ring. I had no idea what he was talking about, and uh, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> he's only corrupted me further since then. In all these years that we've known uh, each other, and uh, and bu- and Bougie Miles, it's the first time I met her, Bethany Walsh, She did the live stream with us, and she's like, as soon as I heard that story, I knew that this group was fun, and we can do say whatever we want. And nobody's gonna get upset. <laughs> Well, speaking of hers, yeah, Bethany does the
0: live stream with us every month now on the on the channel. The uh, what is it? July 14th will be the next live stream with the three of us. So our happy hour, MTM Vegas happy hour. So that's just basically Mark and Bethany one upping each other on telling crazy stories and (laughs) me trying to keep up and play, uh, you know, and play, uh, play it straight to their uh, to their craziness. So that's a lot of fun. The straight man. To the two frat boys, right? Isn't that what our podcast review said one time? This is is my kind of chameleon (laughs) skill. I feel like I was one of the frat boys in that review. Uh, This is a review that people gave on our Miles to Memories podcast quite a while ago, saying that uh, our other co-hosts, Joe, myself, and Mark, that we're one straight guy and two frat boys. And as far as straight guy like playing the straight man, I think Joe plays the straight man more than I do, so I'm going to call myself a frat boy. No. Not, not pulling it off. <laughs> no comment. All right, two straight guys, and I, I, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I don't know. I've always wanted to be a frat boy, Mark. Just let me have it for uh, for about five seconds. But I think that's going to do it for this show. I think that's a good story. I think uh, we got plenty more to come. And uh, speaking of our YouTube channel, YouTube.com/slash Miles to Memories. The video going up this week talking about the specifically the hotels. So our detailed hotel review of Resorts World coming up, and the, our new show will be up there. Uh, later this week as well. So keep up with all the latest Vegas news. YouTube.com forward slash Miles to Memories. Make sure you guys uh, subscribe. And if you like Mark and I talking, we do also have the Miles to Memories podcast. You can find that at mtmpodcast.com or just search Miles to Memories in any podcast app. Each week we, uh, with our co-host Joe Chung, and sometimes we have a rotating kind of crew of co-hosts there. We talk about travel, finance, you know, how to amass millions of miles and points, and then how to use them to save uh, time and money on travel. So check that out, Miles to Memories podcast. Anything else uh, we should plug before we head out? No, I think that's it. Find us everywhere. Find us. Just search Miles (laughs) to Memories. You'll find us everywhere. Again, if you like this show, if you like any of our Vegas content, any of our content at all, do us a favor. Leave us a review in Apple Podcasts. Just search MTM Vegas there. Five-star review, written ratings, those help
1: us out so much. Let us know what you think of the show. Five seconds. Five seconds, and it helps us big time. So just take the five seconds. Please, please, please. Please, yeah, we definitely appreciate it. We know you don't owe us
0: that. We just hope if you enjoy our content that you'll do us that favor. And uh, thanks so much for listening. See you next week. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Miles to Memories podcast. We have a special episode for you today. Mark and I have recently launched the MTM Vegas audio podcast, and Mark is here with me. And uh, this is an exciting new show, right, Mark? That's terrible. That's yeah. Terrible. That, 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 let me start. It over. Okay. I didn't.
1: I... <laughs> Joe's going to have like forty-seven outtakes. Yeah. No, no,
0: no, 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 no. I have. I... And uh, thanks so much for listening. We'll gotta see you guys. <laughs> We'll see you guys. See you
1: next week. See you next week.